Let us ask God to bless the reading and the proclamation of his word. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we know that unless you bless the house, those who build the house labor in vain. Unless you watch over the city, the watchmen stay up awake in vain. And Father, unless you bless the preacher and unless you bless the listeners, the preacher preaches in vain and the listeners listen in vain. Oh Father, give us a generous portion of your spirit. Please bless the reading and the proclamation of your word. Change us, transform us, and conform us into the image of your glorious Son, Lord Jesus Christ. In this name we pray. Amen. Now I invite you to turn with me to the Idlebird Catechism, Lord's Day 23, question and answer 60, found in the back of your Trinity Psalter hymnal. Lord's Day 23, question and answer 60. You can find that in page 882 of your Trinity Psalter hymnal. I will read the question and you can respond by reading the answer. Lord's Day 23, question 60. How are you righteous before God? Now please turn with me to our scripture reading this evening. It comes from the Gospel of Luke. Luke chapter 18, verses 9 to 14. You can find that in page 1115 of your pew Bibles. Luke chapter 18, verses 9 to 14. He, that is Jesus, told this parable to some who trusted in themselves, that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I'm not like the other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified, 
rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of the Lord, it endures forever. Christianity is a scandalous religion for the proud and the arrogant. Christianity is an obnoxious religion for the self-righteous and the self-glorifying. Christianity is a foolish religion for those who are wise and powerful in their own sight. As Apostle Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 1, the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. For Jews demand signs, the Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and a folly to the Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greek, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. These so-called wise and powerful, the, pow the proud and the arrogant, the self-righteous and the self-glorifying, they lack one essential thing, one essential quality that is absolutely necessary for their salvation, for their right standing with God. They have to need, they need to have a sense of their own unworthiness and their need for God's grace. They need to know the depravity of their own heart and the generosity of Lord Jesus Christ. They need to know the filthiness of their own good works and the absolute perfection of the work of Christ Jesus. They need to know their total inability to save themselves and the great saving power of Lord Jesus Christ. They need to know that human merit is not good enough to take them to heaven and only merit that God the Father looks favorably upon is the merit of the Son, Jesus Christ. And they need to know that all their morality, all their religiosity, and all their civility, and all their law-keeping gets a big fat F in the sight of God. That they have flunked in living according to His perfect standards. And Jesus, through the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector, warns us about the danger of believing and trusting in our good works for having a right standing with God. Verse 9 makes it clear, isn't it? Verse 9 tells us the purpose of Jesus telling us this parable. It says, He also told this parable to, to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. This parable is a warning for the prideful and the unrepentant sinners. But at the same time, this parable is a great, great comfort for the humble and repentant sinners. Jesus warns those who are proud of their law-keeping, and Jesus comforts that those who know that they can never keep God's law perfectly. The theme of our sermon this evening is Jesus calls us 
not to trust in ourselves or our right standing with God, but to have faith in Him alone for our justification. We'll see this truth under three points. Two men, two prayers, and two results. Let's consider the first point of the sermon. Two men. Look at verse 10. Two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. Jesus in Matthew chapter 21 verse 13, when he confronts the religious leaders of his day, he says, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers. So according to Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus himself, that temple is a place of prayer. It is a house of prayer. Devout Jews, they, pray, they prayed twice a day. Once in the morning at 9 a.m. and once in the evening at 3 p.m. You can find this in Acts chapter 2 verse 15 as well as Acts chapter 3 verse 1. In both these incidents, you will find that you have a temple sacrifice for the atonement of sins. And children, the word atonement means Covering for the sins. Once atonement is done, incense will be burned to symbolize prayers and people will actually pray at this time. And after that, there would be a priestly benediction. A priest would come out and he would pronounce a blessing upon the gathered people. So some people went up to the temple to be reminded of God's grace, His mercy towards them, and to thank him for the forgiveness of sins. Others, on the other hand, they went up to the temple for a show. They were looking for a crowd where they could promote themselves as the pious and the religious. And Jesus says, two men went up into the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and other a tax collector. People of God, we need to know both historically and biblically about these two types of people, the Pharisees and the tax collector. Let's begin with the Pharisee. I'll first explain how the Jews perceived the Pharisees historically at that time and then explain how the Bible describes them. During the time of Jesus, to be a Pharisee is a noble thing. To be a Pharisee was an honorable thing. The Pharisees were highly esteemed among the Jews. And they had a great reputation among the religious population. The Pharisees, they were seen as the standard bearers of God's religion. This is why in Acts chapter 23 verse 6, when Apostle Paul was brought before the council for trial, he cried out, Brothers, I am a Pharisee and a son of Pharisee. He says similarly in Philippians chapter 3, verse 5, As to the law, a Pharisee. In other words, I was a member of the Pharisee who demands the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. The Pharisees, they were known for their obsession with holiness. And therefore, they stretched so much on separating themselves from anything that would cause spiritual defilement. In fact, the word Pharisee is derived from the Hebrew word meaning separated or separatist. 
Now let me tell you how the Bible describes the Pharisees. The Pharisees, they always elevated the tradition of men over the written word of God. They refused to see Jesus as the Son of God, as the long-awaited Messiah, as the Savior of the world. They did not practice what they preached. Jesus calls them hypocrites in many, many places in the gospel. They prayed a lengthy prayer for a show. They trumpeted their giving to the poor. They loved the praise of men, hoped the praise of God. Jesus calls them whitewashed tombs and sons of hell in Matthew chapter 23. And if you have your Bibles open, please flip a page over to the left and look at chapter 16, verses 14 to 15. The Pharisees, who were lovers of money, heard all these things, they ridiculed him. And he, that is Jesus, said to them, You are those who justify yourselves before men, but God knows your hearts. For what is exalted among men is an abomination in the sight of God. The Pharisees were self-righteous and self-glorifying people. Now let us turn our attention to the tax collectors. During the time of Jesus, the tax collectors were considered both social and spiritual outcasts. They are considered social and spiritual outcasts for three solid reasons. Reason number one, they worked for a foreign government. At that time, it was the Roman government. Reason number two, they collected money from their fellow Israelites. So they were essentially seen as traitors. Reason number three, they had a reputation of being dishonest and greedy. According to the rabbis, if a tax collector enters an house, then the entire house and all that is in it becomes ceremonially unclean. The rabbis, they went so far to say that it is permissible to lie to the tax collector to protect one's property. And Jesus in Matthew chapter 18, where he talks about church discipline, he says, If your brother refuses to listen to two or three witnesses, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Treat him like a tax collector. Meaning, Treat him as someone who is outside the kingdom of God. So in this story, Jesus selects two men who are polar opposite to one another. On the one hand, you have the Pharisees, who is seen as a law keeper. And on the other hand, you have the tax collector, who is seen as the lawbreaker. On the one hand, you have the Pharisee, who is highly exalted among the Jews. On the other hand, you have the tax collector who is highly despised among the Jews. On the one hand, you have the Pharisee who is seen as someone inside the kingdom of God. And on the other hand, you have a tax collector who is seen as someone outside the kingdom of God. And surprisingly, these two men went up to the temple to pray. Now let us consider the prayers of these two men. Let us begin with the Pharisees. 
You will notice in verse 11, the Pharisee, he tells the negative things that he does not do. And in verse 12, he tells the positive thing that he does. Listen to his prayer. God, I thank you that I'm not like the other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterous, and pointing to this guy, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. The Pharisee, he addresses God. But other than that, all he does is boast about himself, about his good works. Ironically, he compares himself to those below him, not to those above him. He compares himself to those who are, who are behind him, not to those who are in front of him. He does not say to God, when it comes to money, I am generous like Abraham. He does not say to God, when, I'm, when it comes to justice, I am like Prophet Amos or Micah. When it comes to sexual purity, I am like Joseph. Instead, in this self-righteousness and prideful thinking, he self-congratulates himself. He pats himself on the back that he is better than most people out there, and especially this tax collector. And did you also notice in his prayer, he did not say to God, God, thank you. Thank you for your grace and mercy, for it is by your grace and it is by your mercy that I keep your law. And please forgive me for the times that I have failed you. There's no confession of sin before God. Instead, he thinks that he has reconciled himself to God by his good works. He trusts in his own merit and righteousness. He thinks that he can reach heaven by his own virtue. Martin Luther, before he found the doctrine of justification in Romans chapter 1, and while he was trying to find peace with God, he says the following, I was a good monk and I kept the rules of my order so strictly that I may say that if ever a monk got to heaven by his monkish discipline, it was I. All my brothers in the monastery who knew me will bear me out. If I kept on any longer, I should have filled myself with vigils and prayers and readings and other works. And yet, Luther did not experience peace in his conscience by law-keeping. On the other hand, the conscience of the Pharisees was seared because of pride and arrogance. The, the Pharisee he was pretty happy, he was pretty content with himself. Brothers and sisters in Christ, sometimes we can be like the Pharisee in our prayers. We can self-congratulate ourselves. God, I'm not like those people at the Planned Parenthood. I am a pro-life after all. And I cannot believe that the evil that people do, that they enjoy killing babies. God, I'm not like those people, those worldly people who are sexually immoral. 
I don't want any junks. I don't watch any of those junks that they show on the television or the internet. In fact, I'm pretty good in keeping the seventh commandment. I'm better than many of them out in the world. God, I'm not even like this fellow in the church who comes with me. Look at his children. This one struggles with addiction. And the other one, he has tons of problems. But look at us, look at my children. I did a great job of raising them. If those were your prayers, if this is how you pray, then I urge you in the Lord, repent from them. You need to repent from your pride. What makes you different from the world? It's not your education. It's not your money. It's not your societal status. But it is the sovereign grace and mercy of God. It is God who makes a difference in your life and your children's life. Therefore, you must humble yourself before him. And not exalt yourself. You must pose only on the cross of Lord Jesus Christ. And not yourself. Now look at verse 13. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Everything about the tax collector is so radically different from that of the Pharisee. First is posture. While the Pharisee stood close to the altar as possible, the tax collector stood far off. While the Pharisee lifted up his hands and his eyes to the heaven and he prayed, the tax collector would not even lift up his eyes to the heaven. But here is the most significant difference. The Pharisee, he totally forgot what Isaiah chapter 64 verse 6 tells us. All, your, all our righteous deeds are like filthy rags. The Pharisee, he totally forgot what Psalm 143 verse 2 tells us, that no one can live righteously before God. The Pharisee, he totally forgot what Jeremiah calls us to do. Jeremiah chapter 9, verses 23 and 24. Let not the wise boast of their wisdom, or the strong boast of their strength, or the rich boast of their riches, but to let the one who boasts, boast this, boast about this, that they have an understanding of knowing me, that I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. And so the Pharisee in his prayer, he never asked God for forgiveness of sins. He never boasts in the goodness of God, but rather he boasts in his goodness, in his good works, in his own merit, that he is a great law keeper, the tax collector, on the other hand, 
he remembered what Psalm 130 verses 3 and 4 tells us. That if you, O Lord, should mark iniquity, O Lord, who can stand? But with you, there is forgiveness that you may be feared. He remembered what Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 24 tells us. That God is a consuming fire that nothing unclean can enter his holy presence. So ashamed of his sin, ashamed of himself, he pleads with God, beating his breast saying, God, be merciful to me. So these two men, Pharisee, the best of the best, the tax collector, the worst of the worst, they pray two different prayers. The Pharisee boasting in his good works, taking pride in his own worthiness, prays a self-righteous prayer. The tax collector, knowing his own unworthiness, humbles himself before God and asks God for forgiveness. Now let us see the two results. Look at verse 14. I tell you, this is Jesus speaking. This man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Children, God himself, the judge of all the earth, he pronounced the tax collector was righteous, not the Pharisees. The judge of all the earth, he pronounced that the tax collector went home justified. Not the Pharisees. All of the sins of the tax collectors was forgiven. Not the Pharisees. The tax collector is made right with his creator through the merit of another Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord's Day 23 beautifully summarizes the story of the tax collector. The tax collector is saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Not by his own work. Question 60. How are you righteous before God? The answer. Only by true faith in Jesus Christ. It is not my talent, but it is the grace of God. It is not my effort, but it is the mercy of God. It is not my good works, but it is the good works of Christ. It is not my self-righteousness, but the perfect righteousness of Lord Jesus Christ that makes me right with God. So let me ask all of you, each and every one of you present here, including myself, do you know the depravity of your own heart and the generosity of Lord Jesus Christ? Do you know the filthiness of your own good works and the absolute perfection of the works of Christ Jesus? Do you know your total inability to save yourself and the saving power of Lord Jesus Christ? Do you know that human merit is not good enough to take you to heaven? 
And the only merit that God looks upon favorably is the merit of His Son, Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know that all your morality, all your civility, all your religiosity, and all your big law-keeping gets a big fat F in the sight of God? And you have flunked living according to His perfect standards? Do you realize, as Jonathan Edwards says, you contribute nothing to your salvation except the sin that made it necessary? Do you understand that when you come before the Lord, you bring nothing to your table except shame, guilt, and sin? And are you willing to humble yourself before God and join the tax collector in his prayer and say with him, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Are you willing to confess many of the penitent sinners in the past saying, nothing in my hand I bring, simply to the cross I cling, make it Come to thee for dress, helpless, look to thee for grace. Paul, I fountain, I to the fountain fly, wash me, Savior, or I die. If we can do that, I assure you, in the name of Lord Jesus Christ, just like the tax collector, you can go home tonight, justified before God. You can go home tonight knowing in your hearts of heart that you have a right standing with God through His Son or Jesus Christ. And finally, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector, it is a powerful, powerful story about justification by faith alone. This parable is indeed a warning for the arrogant and unrepented sinners. But at the same time, this parable is a great comfort for the humble, for the penitent and the repentant sinners. And may we, by the grace of Lord Jesus Christ, and by the power of God the Holy Spirit, find our dispositions, our prayers, like that of the tax collector. For the scripture says, For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Amen. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for your grace and mercy and for the imputed righteousness and holiness of your Son, Jesus Christ. We are humbled by the fact that we will never live up to your perfect standards on our own. Thank you so much for sending your son to live that perfect life for our sake, so that we can have a right standing with you. Give us grace so that we would rely more and more on Jesus and on his finished work. Help us by the Holy Spirit to pursue holiness 
and to follow the footsteps of Jesus. In His precious name, we pray. Amen.